Hey, welcome back to another episode, episode two of Shan Tells It. Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed episode one and other episodes to come. Let's get started. I always want to start my podcast off with a motivational quote or a little bit of motivation. So I found a quote on the internet and it said, life is not about who you once were. It's about who you are now and who you have the potential to be. I really like this quote because I feel like a lot of people are constantly being judged by their past. Most people don't have a squeaky clean past. I think it's unfair that people always bring up, well, you know, five years ago, well, you know, 10 years ago when you were a little girl, you know, you used to do this and you used to do that, da 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 And, you know, I just think that people need to accept that people grow and people change and we need to stop constantly throwing other people's past or even your own past. Maybe you might do it to yourself. Maybe you used to say, you know, years ago I used to do this, I used to do that, and I'm really being myself up about it. But you've changed, you've grown, and I think people who you keep in your circle should respect that they should respect who you've become and who you are trying to be and they should get to know that new person and they should move forward and you should move forward with that new person in your life so i'm challenging you this week to accept and to be proud of who you are and who you've grown to be. And also, if you notice that somebody in your life is changing, to accept their new person as well and to just give them a break. If you see that they're changing, try to forgive. I know it's hard. Trust me, I know forgiveness is hard. I work on it every day. But try to forgive who they were in the past. And if they did something to you, but you really see that they're growing, try to forgive them. Now, I'm not saying extend this courtesy to everybody because there's a lot of people who are the same people that they were 5, 10, 20 years ago. And those are the people I'm not saying forgive, not not saying forgive, but you know what I mean. In my opinion, forgiveness is earned. Just because somebody says they're sorry doesn't mean that you need to automatically forgive them. All is forgiven. Let's move on with our lives. When you earn somebody's forgiveness, it means that you've actually made effort to make a change. So when I say don't forgive people who have been the same people for 5, 10, 20 years, what I'm saying is if they have not earned your forgiveness, you are not obligated to give them forgiveness. But if you see somebody trying, growing, they're earning your forgiveness, then go ahead, forgive them. Let that stuff go that was done 5, 10, 20 years ago. Move forward and accept their new person as you would want them to accept you. All right, next topic is vegetarianism. Who is down? I tried to be a vegetarian and I was successful for about 30 days. I lost four pounds, which is great. One of the problems that I had being a vegetarian is I was always hungry. So the reason why I'm kind of starting my new vegetarian journey is because I went to Fogo and I had all this meat and my stomach was on E. It was hurting. I didn't even eat the rest of the day. I just felt horrible. And I noticed when I was doing the vegetarian diet I actually felt good I felt clean so I recently donated blood and I got to know what my blood type was so there is this book by uh, his name is Dr. Peter DeAdamo it is called eat right for your blood type so if you didn't know there's four blood types a b a b and o each blood type has a specific diet. So for my blood type, it basically says that I should be a vegetarian, um, or actually I should say pescatarian because it does say I should eat certain fish. Um, it does say that I can eat beans and of course fruits and vegetables. However, the only meat that it says that I should be able to eat is turkey. I hate turkey by the way. The only time I really eat it is if I'm eating like ground turkey and replacement of red meat, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, I just noticed that I feel so much better when I don't 
don't eat meat. Um, I had a friend, she was the same way. She just stopped eating meat. It wasn't because anything religious or any type of moral issue. It was just more, she just felt better. And actually she was a pescatarian. So the only downfall is that I'm not a big fish eater. Um, I mean, it's okay, it's okay. I love sushi, but of course you can't eat raw fish every day. I mean, you can if you want. I just wouldn't advise it and I wouldn't do it. I do like certain seafoods. I love, I don't know, scallops and shrimp and sometimes crabs, oysters, but <laughs> I, I do like seafood, but I don't love it. It has to be cooked really well, it has to be fresh. I don't do uh, farm-raised fish. I think it's gross, Google it. They grow these fish in a tank and then they feed them feed. If you're going to eat fish, it's 20 million times better to eat wild-caught fish than it is to eat farm-raised fish just because of the way the animal lives in the wild versus the way that they are treated in captivity. Uh, I've also read that tilapia is not a real fish. So if you have proof that it is, let me know. For any of you all, that are vegetarians, let me know how your journey is. For me, it's been kind of hard because you know we were cooking food for the kids yesterday and they had chicken nuggets and I almost grabbed a chicken nugget, but I it, I just stopped and I was like, oh my God, I almost ate the chicken nugget. It, it's hard because you're so used to eating meat, but do we really need to eat meat? I feel like every meal in America has meat in it. Breakfast has meat. Lunch has meat, dinner has meat. And you know, once you start looking at it, meat is just a daily part of what you eat. It's not necessary, but it's just, I feel like as an American, you're just so used to eating meat every day that you just incorporate into your everyday life. And then when you look at it and you're just like, oh, I don't wanna eat meat, you realize how hard it is because all your life you've literally had meat with every meal. So that's kind of been my struggle. I, you know, I do have a lot of vegetarian options or vegan options options. I'm not vegan because I love eggs and cheese, so I will never be vegan. Props to the vegan because it's hella hard. <laughs> now it's 100% easier to eat a vegetarian or a pescatarian or a vegan diet than it was maybe 20 years ago. I mean, 20 years ago, I don't even think we had almond milk. Maybe soy milk was out. I don't even think soy milk was out 20 years ago. I don't know. I think it's much easier to eat it now. There's so many meat alternatives that offer the same source of protein. One of the things that I, I noticed is that I have have trouble staying full. I eat a lot of carbs, but when I did it for 30 days, I noticed that it didn't stop me from losing weight. You know, I would eat this big salad, which would fill up the average person. And I swear like two hours later, I'd be starving. So I know it's tough. If you're a vegetarian, I'd love to hear tips and recipes and things like that. I don't like uh, ingredient intense recipes. I don't like when I have to go to the store and buy like 10 of the ingredients that the recipe calls for. And that goes for any dish, even when I was cooking me, I, I can't stand it. I like simple stuff that I already have. I have the basic salt, pepper, all the spices, garlic, onions, uh, sauces, <laughs> ketchup, mustard, olive oil, you know, all that kind of stuff. I have all that stuff, but I'm not trying to go into the store to make a recipe that might need shallots or I don't know, something random, um, fennel, <laughs> you know, something random that you wouldn't normally have at your house and that you can't even find at like regular grocery store. Like you have to go to a specialty grocery store. Don't send me those kind of recipes. <laughs> All right, well, if you're trying to go vegetarian, let me know how uh, the journey has 
been going for you and feel free to submit some recipes. All right, on to the next topic. So I wanna discuss FUPAs, F-U-P-A. Uh, if you don't know what a FUPA is, it's actually called your fat upper pussy area. <laughs> Sorry to be crass, but it is. So basically it's that area between your belly button and like your pelvic bone. I've just been noticing that's kind of the hardest area to lose. I have been slimming down. I'm down uh, 70 pounds from when I had my son, but I can't seem to lose the FUPA. Honestly, when I eat and when I exercise and everything, even when I sit down, it lays on my lap. <laughs> the struggle is real, y'all. I don't want to wear Spanx for the rest of my life. I think it's just annoying. I've kind of embraced it. I'm, you know what? I just had a baby. My stomach stretched out extremely big. I'm not 20 years old anymore, so my skin and my stomach and everything is not going to pop on back. Snap back. Uh, <laughs> like uh, it did when I was in my 20s. So, you know, it is what it is. I can't do crunches. They make my stomach hurt and that's a real condition. <laughs> I'm not being lazy. <laughs> I'm just being honest. It is what it is at this point. I think I look amazing. Uh, I'm 14 months out. I'm not complaining. I got 10 more pounds to go. So if you got some FUPA stories, share them with me and tell me how you lost your FUPA. So speaking of losing weight, I was reading an article today and they were interviewing Ashanti. She was really big in the early 2000s. She hasn't really come out with new music in a while, but she looks amazing. Banging body alert. Woo, woo, woo. She looks awesome. I don't know how old she is. I think she's like in her 30s or something. But anyway, she looks great. And she was saying that it allows herself two cheat days a week. And I'm totally here for the two cheat days. I think one cheat day isn't enough, especially when you're dieting hard, you're exercising, you're working out. One cheat day is not good enough because then every week you're just gonna be so pressed for that one cheat day and then you're just gonna explode. She also did say, don't let your cheat day become a cheat week. So I totally agree with that as well. These are just Ashanti's diet tips, but if you really wanna see how amazing she looks, just Google her and you can see that banging body. So we've all heard the name President Donald Trump. His name is on the news. We hear it probably every day when you live in the States, you probably hear it all the time. So I'm going to share with you one of the probably only reasons why I admire Trump. I admire Trump because he is quick to cut people out of his life and out of his circle that he feels are not team Trump. I feel like that's something that you can admire about anyone because there are a lot of people out here who keep people around, who have people in their circle who are not team you or team them. They keep them around because they want friends or because this person has been in their life for a long time, yada, 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 but this person doesn't support them. This person is not in their corner. This person does not have their back. So I'm just gonna say this, be like Trump when it comes to cutting people out of your life. Trump plays absolutely no games. As you can see, his circle gets smaller and smaller by the day. Why? Because he keeps people around him that are going to encourage him, who share his same vision, and who support him in his presidential journey. And you need those kind of people around you as well. People who are gonna support your vision, people who are gonna support your hopes and dreams, people who are going to support you changing and bettering yourself and growing. Those are the kind of people that we all need. What we need to stop doing is keeping negative people around us, people who don't support us around us. Stop keeping those kind of people around us and be like Trump and cut those people out of your life and keep it moving and focus your time, your energy and your effort on people who support you and want to see you succeed. 
All right, so another topic that I wanted to focus on is wedding planning. So I told you in the very first episode that I was a fiance and that I was planning a wedding and that it's been very interesting. So this is my first time getting married, let me just say that. So I have no idea. I probably went to no weddings growing up, maybe like one or two, I don't know. I have no idea what to expect when it comes to a wedding. So I've kind of really been relying on my soon-to-be sister-in-law to kind of help guide me through this process because I have no idea. So I've been trying to do my wedding on a budget and Lord Jesus, it has been <laughs> so hard because I feel like when you plan a wedding, everybody nickels and dimes you for every little thing. Oh my God, you want a different color flower? $30 extra. You want foil on your invitations? An extra $20. <laughs> when you start adding up $20 here, $30 here, that stuff starts adding up. I consider myself a budgetista. I probably butchered that, but I do. and. And I don't like to pay more for things than I actually have to. So planning a wedding has been very stressful for me when it comes to budgeting <laughs> because I do wanna have a nice wedding, don't get me wrong, I wanna have a beautiful wedding. However, I don't wanna spend thirty dollars and $40,000 either to have a nice wedding because as a budgetista, I totally feel like I could use thirty dollars to $40,000 to pay down the debt that I have. Student loans, hey, here you are. Oh, guess what, I can't pay you off because I spent it on a one-day event. Yeah, no, I totally don't agree with that. But anyway, <laughs> if you spent that much on your wedding, more power to you. I hope it was great. I hope you had a great day. I hope it was amazing. I hope it's something that you remember forever. However, that's just not for me. It's not my cup of tea. So anyway, I've been trying to do it by myself. Oh my God, it's been so hard. I don't really have that many people to you know ask questions and things like that. Planning this wedding has literally been a learning process. One of the things I can say has saved me a lot of time and stress is doing a destination wedding. The great thing about a destination wedding is that they have built-in wedding planners and the wedding planners are super helpful, usually included in the price. I'm not 100% sure. I know the resort that we're staying in, our wedding planner is included in the price. I'm the kind of person who is super indecisive, so it's hard for me to make decisions. Uh, one of the good things about having a destination wedding is that they literally give you five or six choices in every category, which makes my life so much easier. I'm not super picky. I want it to be nice, but I don't really care the super small details. Some people are like that, I'm not. Just as long as it looks beautiful, looks nice, it kind of looks how I want, I'm happy. The resort that we used, which I will tell you about after we get married, they were able to accommodate a lot of my requests. I have certain wedding colors. Uh, they nickel and dime me for every little thing. I wanted to make edits to my bouquet that the resort was offering and they basically told me that it's an additional $30 just to to edit my bouquet. So yeah, I went on Etsy. I'm actually going to get a fake flower bouquet to walk down the aisle. It's like almost $200 cheaper to go that route. Not to mention paying 300 bucks for a flower bouquet that you're never gonna use, that you're gonna throw away. I think you might as well just take $300 and throw it in the trash can. <laughs> yes, it looks pretty, but you can't even take it back home. So I'm gonna go with a fake bouquet. Like I said, it's about $200 cheaper. It's $200 cheaper and it looks great. And if I have to throw it away, then I can save it. I can take it home if I want. I can frame it. I can do whatever I want with it because they're fake and they're not gonna die on me. 
So I can't really speak for actually having a wedding at a reception hall. I did just go to a wedding not too long ago and it just seems like there's so much into it. I'm honestly, I'm a, I'm a simple person. Like I said, I want my wedding to look beautiful, but does it have to be this grandiose Cinderella type event? No, I'm good. I already got my dress, which I got at a sample sale. So I probably got it for 50% off and it looks amazing. I don't believe in spending a lot of money on a dress because again, you're gonna wear it once and then after you wear it, what are you gonna do with it? Probably stick it in your closet and it's just gonna sit there for years and collect dust and nobody's ever gonna see it again. If I can get a really pretty dress on, on a budget, hey, I'm all for it. I would say that Pinterest and Etsy have been a huge help. You can find so many great things on Pinterest ideas, on giveaways and whatever you call those things that you take away at the end of the wedding, the gift. <laughs> I found a couple of cool things between those two sites. Uh, they had some really great invitations, but I ended up getting my invitations at minted.com and I ended up getting them for $100 less than what I would have spent on Etsy. Uh, Vistaprint has really nice invitations if you just want something like quick and basic. They didn't really have anything that I like. So that's really the stage that I'm at. So if you have any wedding tips, I'd love to hear them. The more help I can get, the better. And if you're a budget nista, I'm probably saying the word so wrong. Budget, budget nista, budget, budget nista. Okay, yeah, whatever, we'll leave it at that. If you're a budget nista, <laughs> Share some of your money-saving tips. I'd love to hear them. Also, if you've ever had to plan a wedding by yourself, and when I say by yourself, that means like you don't have a lot of family and friends to help you out, please share your stories with me. I actually had to Google it because I sat down with a friend and she kind of made me feel really bad. I don't think that was her intention, but that's how I left the conversation. She kind of made me feel really bad that I didn't have anybody helping me to plan the wedding. And I kind of really felt bad for myself. And then I Googled it because I was like, look, I can't be alone. And I read a lot of great stories on women who had to plan their weddings by themselves. It was just her and her spouse and that's how they planned it. Maybe he had a big family or, and she had a little family. That really helped me and that really encouraged me to push on and plan this wedding. And if you're planning your wedding by yourself or maybe you don't have a lot of family and you're kind of doing this on your own, don't feel bad. It's your special day. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you're celebrating your wedding and it should really just be a day about you and your husband. And if you only have five people and he has 30 people, so the fuck what? Enjoy your day, make it your day, make it beautiful, look beautiful. Slay the day by making it your best day. And honestly, the less people you have there, the less people you have to impress, the less people you have to please. If you don't have a big party or you don't have a lot of friends or family, don't look at it as a negative, look at it as a positive because guess what? Then your day is more focused on you and less about everybody else at the wedding. So that concludes my second episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to me again and you come back for a third episode. Don't forget to follow me on social media. You can follow me at Chantelzit, C-H-A-N-T-E-L-L-S-I-T on Instagram and Facebook. I look forward to you listening next week. I post new episodes every Monday. Have a great week, everyone.